0: Welcome to this week's podcast of The Uneven Road with Dr. Bill Hennessy. As leaders, not all of us are called to the easy places. The roads we're called to travel can be really uneven. Building on his rich experience as a pastor, missionary, educator, and leadership coach, Bill brings encouragement, conversation, and new ideas. To help you better communicate Christ's hope to the people you are called to serve. Hey, happy Friday, everybody! This is Dr. Bill Hennessy from the friendly confines of Trinity Bible College and Graduate School in Ellendale, North Dakota, and I am so thrilled to have with me today missionary and residence, Dave Jacob. Dave, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, you know, I, I think a lot in terms of how people act and, and uh, minister in rural settings, mm-hmm. and and it occurs to me that. a a rural church and missions sometimes feels like an awkward partnership. And uh, I'm wondering today, what do you think a rural church can do to effectively minister or participate in world missions?
1: Yeah, great question. And, you know, there's lots that rural churches can do to participate in, in global missions endeavor. Um, Some of my best partnering churches are rural churches. And so Uh, You know, you just get that personal one-on-one connection. So inviting missionaries in, uh, whether it's a five-minute window or, uh, you know, whether it's an entire sermon. But if you can have a missionary speaker come in once a month, once every other month, um, that's really going to help, you know, solidify your your missions ministry in your church. Of course, giving. Uh, Praying for missionaries and for unreached people groups. So have a Saturday night prayer meeting once a month where you highlight a different uh, unreached area of the world. And so it doesn't cost anything. uh, And it's great, great work that can be done for uh, for missions and for the Lord. So there's lots that rural churches can do to uh, participate in in world missions. Well, you know,
0: having been a missionary myself for 23 years, we've had a lot of conversations about missions Mm -hmm. and about education and about rural uh, contexts. So, you know, one of the things that I think would probably come up in in someone's mind as they listen today is, does a missionary really want to travel all the way to a rural church just to speak to a smaller congregation? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, most of of the ones that I know would, uh, you know, a lot of them are just looking for those opportunities. And, and like I say, some of our best supporting churches are rural churches. So we actually prefer the rural church because uh, not to exclude those in the city, but you can really just help get to know people a little bit better. They're down to earth. And uh, just that that relationship, you know, missionaries want that relationship. And so a rural church can really provide that uh, that one on one relationship to get to know one another. Well, just on a personal note, the
0: largest offering my wife and I ever received while raising funds to go to Africa was from a small church in a narrow spot on the road. Yep. <laughs> and I was probably 10 feet away from the guy who God tugged on his heart. Right. And the pastor sat us down after the service and he, he said, you're going to have to sit down for this. And so he handed us a check and it was like, twenty six or seven hundred dollars it was just amazing you know for a church of 50 people and, sure, sure. and he said uh, okay now that's that's the small check and suddenly he pulled out another check for another three thousand wow. bucks and so suddenly we were uh, as as candidate missionaries we were raising our initial budget but uh, until the first hole was filled of what it cost to train us mm-hmm. uh, we were in deficit and so this single-handedly this single church offering yep. of nearly six thousand dollars took us out of the hole and put us on a positive trajectory, and we never looked back after that. So that happened in the most rural place I could possibly imagine Mm -hmm. uh, as a candidate missionary.
1: Yeah, and those stories are wonderful. The problem is not all churches are going to be able to do that, right? And so, especially those small churches. And so, um, but, you know, for a lot of missionaries, they're looking to minister the Word of God. And so to be able to come in to share about missions, to share about what God's doing in their life. We've gone to rural churches before and said, listen, we don't need an offering at all. We just want to come and bless you. We just want to come and pour into your, you know, the people in your congregation here. And so for most missionaries, that's really the, the motive is, uh, is partnering with rural churches to impact the world.
0: Well, I think on that note, you know, one of the most exciting things to us was uh, having someone walk up after we'd been doing missions for 15 or 20 years, and they'd walk up and hand us a prayer card from our first route out, where my kids were just very, very small. And to see that they had cried over those things, they had Mm -hmm. handled them in their hands during prayer times, uh, that meant the world not only to me, but to my four kids to realize that when we were living in Africa, people were here in the States praying for us. Yeah. And when they would see a worn out prayer card, right. they would leave a church with, with real victory in their hearts. Oh
1: yeah. I'm telling you, uh, when we were on the field in Northern Asia, I had come home from a uh, language study, pretty discouraged one day. I had accidentally called my teacher fat <laughs> in front of everyone. <laughs> and I wanted to say, here's the question. Why did you choose the school? And, uh, I wanted to say because they have the best teachers, but instead I said, because they have the biggest teachers. <laughs> and, uh, of course I was just horrified and I came home so discouraged. And, um, and I literally asked my wife, how much are plane tickets back to the States? Cause I'm <laughs> never going to, I'm never going to get this language. I'm just not smart enough to get it. And here I embarrassed my teacher, which in you know the Asian context, I made her lose face, which is just the worst thing you can possibly do. Uh, But I went to my computer and uh, there was an email from uh, Ellie and she was in a rural church in, uh, in Minnesota. And she said, she, she wrote and she just said, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you specifically. I'm praying that your brain soaks up that language. And that was the thing that kept us going on the field. And so these partnerships with rural churches are Oh, man, they're so vital, so important.
0: Well, the fun thing about a rural church is that you become theirs. Mm -hmm. I mean, they take ownership of you. Yeah, right. And uh, I think that that's one of the things that encouraged us overseas. And many a time people would say, hey, I was praying for you. What was going on? Right. And it was when we were battling something pretty significant. So Mm -hmm. we can't underestimate the value of those partnerships and those friendships that are built in, in rural areas. Exactly. So what secrets would a missionary know that might help a rural pastor deal with isolation? And, and maybe the, uh, the bigger issue is what happens when your kids start feeling deprived because you're living sure. in a
1: rural area? Yeah, well, I think that's one of the great things that makes Trinity Bible College and Graduate School here such uh, a unique place you know, um, because we're out in the middle of nowhere. And it's a great place to train missionaries, for one, because of that factor. You know, a lot of missionaries go to places where uh, there are no other foreigners. And so they're, to be able to be here, to train them for four years, not just in the head knowledge, that's really important too, but in this character quality of how can I live, survive, and thrive in a place that doesn't have, that's isolated, that doesn't have very, you know, the the mall's 50 miles away, right? So um, that's what makes Trinity a great place. And I think that for rural pastors too, you know, um, ministry can be lonely. And uh, having that just intentionality about reaching out to others uh, to just befriend them and to have a, a friend or an accountability partner Is important, but it's also a great time to bond as a family. You know, I think of the time when we were in the the mountains of uh, northern Asia. There was the foothills of the Himalayas, and uh, not a lot of uh, of opportunities for the kids at all. Just a great time for us to bond as a family together. You know, we, we had this little heater that, uh, you know, how the sides get orange on those. I don't know whether you plug them into the wall. This one, the top got orange as well. And so we got our chopsticks out and somebody had sent us marshmallows from the States. <laughs> now, you couldn't we couldn't find them anywhere in the country we were in. And so we took those chopsticks and those marshmallows and over roasted them over that heater, man. It was just one of the most perfect, just great memories as a family that we had, uh, there on the field, uh, together. And so I think that a lot of these, you know, uh, situations where we are isolated can really, uh, give us those opportunities. There's a silver lining to that, to that, uh, situation, you know, and so to not focus on the negative, but to focus on the positive and God's creation and the beauty and, uh, you know, it might be easier for introverts uh, like myself, maybe a little bit harder for extroverts, but the, you just got to work hard at, at being friends and making friends.
0: Well, and I think the other thing, too, is to find, as you said, the beauty in where you are. Mm-hmm. The other day I was uh, asked to speak at a, a rural church. I mean, when I talk about being rural in Ellendale, this was another 40 miles out. <laughs> and as I left town here, I was bemoaning the fact that I left mountains and oceans you know, that I loved mm. uh, in South Africa. I left it out of the Northwest and, and I even had the Ozark Mountains in Springfield, Missouri. And then I come to Ellendale Mm-hmm. North Dakota, and and a haystack is a mountain. That's right. It's and as I was headed uh, west, all of a sudden we hit. This hilly territory, mm-hmm. and, and it was uh, something that reminded me of another place that we had lived and loved, and and suddenly I found myself just really reveling the fact that less than an hour away were these uh, gorgeous features of landscape that I hadn't even begun to imagine being in North Dakota. Sure. So there's always something new to discover, and in a rural context, I think finding the local. A treasure and making it something that's important to you, I think is, is really critical to that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and just working on, you know, being content and being thankful for how God has blessed you goes a long way as well. Well, speaking of
0: contentment, mm-hmm. uh, you've been doing a lot of research into missionary retention, And it's my suspicion that a rural pastor and a missionary are two peas in a pod. Mm. The context is slightly different. Yeah. But the issues are largely the same. So what kinds of things have you been determining that would help a missionary remain on the field?
1: Yeah, um, we started a, a, a research and resource center called the Center for Missionary Mobilization and Retention, and um, we want to mobilize, want to resource people to mobilize more missionaries to the field. And if we're going to focus on that, we've gotta we've gotta focus on retention too. And so we have done some research in this area on uh, helping uh, uh, pastors, helping missionaries retain missionaries that are are on the field. And so um, surprisingly enough, a lot of what we're finding is that it's character qualities. It's not the knowledge that you know, although that is important in order to work and function as a missionary. It's what we do here at Trinity is we, we train, we give you the knowledge, uh, but we also train in your character. And so uh, a lot of it is humility and uh, transparency. Some of the missionaries who come off the field for preventable reasons uh, simply they're they're not transparent they're not honest they're not humble they're maybe a little too afraid uh, to to have that accountability partner to let someone in their lives and see them struggling right and i think part of it is um, we tend to put missionaries on a pedestal and so we kind of start believing that we are these super hero christians or we're super saints uh, but we're not we're we're just Average people with weaknesses and sin, and and so to be able to be transparent and honest and open with others is uh, one way that we can help keep missionaries on the field. So for pastors, you know, if you can uh, uh, just just have that relationship with your missionary and maybe ask them those tough questions. Um, uh, getting your rest is is another one that, and I think this applies to rural pastors as well. Um, we want to save the world. It's it's a great motive, right? You you go to any place, and we want everyone to come to know the Lord. And so we, we work and work and work to try to see that happen. Um, but we've got to take time to rest and to recharge. Um, we've got to we've got to have those, find those hobbies that uh, that refresh us, you know. Uh, I particularly, I, I, am an introvert, like I mentioned, so I love to read. And if I can have a a good cup of coffee and a book on the front porch that, you know, I I tend to do this sometimes in the morning with my Bible as I'm, as I'm praying and studying the word, those times, uh, refresh me. And so to find that hobby, to get your rest that you need so that we can, um, you know, work against uh, burnout, uh, I know I've been burned out in ministry before. And so um, having that rest and just to rest in in your call to know that God has called you there and that you are in the center of his will right now is such a reassuring uh, feeling. And, you know, I think part of it too maybe is how and how we define success as a, as a pastor. it what, what does church success look like? You know? And I think, uh, a lot of times we in America define that as buildings, bodies, and bucks. You know, if we can have the money and bring the people in uh, and build bigger buildings, then we're being successful. I'm not so sure that uh, that's that's really what defines success in in church ministry. So uh, it's been said that we should measure our success not by our seeding capacity, but by our sending capacity. And are we sending those members of our congregation out into the world and uh, into our communities to be salt and light and to share Jesus with other people. That's a church that's successful, that's on mission. I think it's exciting that we can be talking about this. I think that
0: the parallels between the overseas mission field and the rural context are probably overwhelming Mm -hmm. in many regards. And I think that, you know, you're an introvert. You like to sit down with your book and I love reading too, but Mm -hmm. for me, what charges my battery is going and grabbing a cup of coffee with someone else and and having that conversation and, and exchanging ideas live and, and with uh, hopefully some passion on both sides. I mean, I love a good a good back and forth type of conversation. And so however you're wired, mm-hmm. there are things that we can do to find ways of, of staying where God's called us. And I think yeah. faithfully serving where God's placed you is the very definition of significance in ministry. That's true. And it's also the biggest challenge, as you're talking about with world missions, we can talk about with uh, pastoring in any local context. And I would give, a little bit of a secret out today, and that is large church pastors fight the same kinds of battles. Sure. And I've been seeing statistics lately that uh, the average person who answers a call uh, to ministry in any context, the average length of their service is five to eight years tops. Mm-hmm. So people who have made it a lifetime of it and who have made a career of it obviously have a secret that others don't have. And I think you know, just finding someone else to interact with, whether it's an author in his work, Mm -hmm. uh, a favorite book, a favorite author, or whether it is finding that person to have that cup of coffee with, it's that idea exchange that gives us maybe a hope that we could take one more week and make a difference. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I've found that if I make that decision to stick it out that day, I don't feel like doing it the next day. I feel much better about the whole thing. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So it's been a pleasure, Dave, to have you with us here today. Is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience that, that you'd really like to have them know about a missionary?
1: You know, I just think that um, rural pastors are, are, are some of the best heroes that we've got in ministry here. And I seriously look up to them. I, I, I I wonder often how in the world they do their job, and so I just want them to be encouraged today. I hope through this this podcast that they that they're encouraged and that they're they feel blessed, um, that they feel rejuvenated, and that they know that there's people out there praying for them and and hopefully providing resources for them. And you know, if there's pastors out there that are interested in uh, and in partnering with us here at Trinity and in helping to, uh, you know, establish or strengthen your missions program at your church, I would encourage them to get in contact with us and be happy to, to share some of the resources that we have here with the Center uh, for Missionary Mobilization and Retention at Trinity Bible College.
0: Awesome. Well, friends, it's been great to be with you today. I encourage you to find my Facebook page, Dr. Bill Hennessy. Be sure to check out our podcast every week. Until the next time, have a great day.